Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am your host, Jake Christie, longtime fan of Psych, and I'm joined by my co-host, first-time fan of Psych, Andre Barrera. Andre, how do you feel that I finally got down the opening after, you know, like 10 episodes? Uh, you know, I hadn't noticed, but um, I'm happy. That's great. I'm glad we're, well, we're, we're hitting our stride. Well, that says, I said I got the opening down, and immediately you're like, oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, sorry. Uh, how long <laughs> How long has it been since we stopped the Monk Pod? I think we stopped it, it, it's been like a year and a half, maybe. Oh, wow, time flies. Yeah. Holy shit, okay. Uh, yeah, no, but um, I'm. How, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm doing well. Honestly, the thing is, in comparison to the Monk Pod, I like this one a lot better because I don't need to improvise anything every week. <laughs> Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. What was it like? It was the it was the end, or was it the beginning? No, I would say every day. I would say no funga trick among show where uh, we there's no. um, I would say something we don't do. Like we don't go swimming uh, after eating food. Just monkin. I would have to come up with a new thing. Try to make it topical occasionally. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm glad I didn't do that. Anyway, we're here to talk about. This 12th episode of season one of Psych, Cloudy with a Chance of Murder. I feel like this is probably, I'll say this, I, other than Spelling Bee, the second episode, I would say that like this is like the first episode of Psych that is considered enough of a classic that it is regularly in like the, would be regularly be in the rerun rotation. Like if there was a Psych marathon, most of the very early episodes wouldn't make it. This one would make it though. Really? Okay. They didn't strike me as something specifically like great. But, uh, yeah, I guess you'll, you'll give me your, your thoughts on it as we go. Well, I, I think the reason I say it is because this is specifically the the first episode where I found myself remembering basically, not every scene directly, but, like, remembering what happened next. I see. Yeah. Um, I, think start, I, know, the, I think, sorry, real quick. I think this is the first episode, or, like, the earliest in an episode that I've correctly guessed who was the culprit. Mm. Yeah, congratulations. I'm happy for you. And you know um, why? It's the classic case of this person's too not too big of a name, but too big of a name mm-hmm. for them to just be like whatever. But yeah, we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. All right. So start out in a courthouse back in the day. Um, and Sean is accompanying Henry, we learned, because Henry's testifying. And we learn a little bit something about, you know, jury, reading a jury, knowing what's going on. Uh, you know, the whole thing that that Michael Weatherly show Bull was about. Yeah. Uh you know, okay, yeah, so I'm kind of, I noticed something strange about it, and I don't know if this was a thing in the 80s, I assume that it was, but there's a disturbing lack, or maybe not disturbing, but there's a se- severe lack of, like, people smoking in public places. Like, mm. were you ever allowed to smoke in a courthouse? I feel like you might have, but maybe Maybe, not. yeah, let me actually see. Smoking in courthouses, U.S. law. Um, I don't see any... Um, um, as a matter of fact, I don't think I see anybody smoking on the show ever, like ever. Yeah, I mean, interesting, interesting. I'll say this: I never mind that because even if it's not realistic, um, uh, here we go. I still, I no, I just think it's, I just because I think it's, I have plenty of vices that are bad. I you know definitely drink too much. I definitely eat unhealthy food, um, and so like I don't want to just completely dump on people who smoke because it's just, the stuff I do is just as bad for me. But it's something that like I. There's no upside to it if uh, he, but Andre did just blow vape smoke into the camera, which is just, I mean, just great. Um, 
But I'll say this, I actually don't feel like any of the main characters seem like smokers. Henry maybe, but Henry seems like he's t- like a cigar smoker, not really a cigarette smoker. That's true. But you know Stottlemyre was, you know, lighting it up. Oh. Oh you know, he was, burning, he was burning heaters. Yeah, he was ripping heaters on stakeouts. Or just because he was mad at his wife, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, we're, you know, they're getting... Sean's getting an education in the U.S. legal system. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at first he's like kind of like he doesn't even know what a jury is, which mm-hmm. I guess they didn't watch a lot of TV growing up because that's all there fucking was on TV in those days. Yeah, they um, didn't watch L.A. Law. Yeah. Wait, did they? Oh, because it wasn't on yet or what? No, that's a joke because Corbin Burnson's on L.A. Law. Oh, okay. Well, fuck me then. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say it's probably Columbo or some shit. Uh, anyways, um, so, yeah, they're analyzing the jury members. You know, uh, Henry asked him to guess – what's going on with this one dude. And I think that's what, yeah, it's about like him basically not having a wife because he's too disheveled yeah. for someone yes. to have not told him something before leaving the house. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so then we cut to the modern day and uh, Sean and Gus are going to the courthouse because apparently Sean's motorcycle was impounded. Um, and Sean thinks it's in- unconstitutional. Like it's, he thinks it comes right after don't mess with Texas in the constitution. Uh, yeah, and, um, you know, I will, I, it's actually funny because it's, like, kind of, like, such a, you know, whatever thing right now, but it ends up being, like, actually pretty nice later on. It's, it pays off yes. pretty well. It does. Um, but, I mean, okay, I, this is probably a stupid question, but I assume you've never had a ticket in your life. As no, you, because I've never owned a vehicle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had a ticket. Yeah, I've had, I, w- I've I went had to college in New York. So, and yeah, um... But uh, so they go there and we very quickly see that Sean doesn't bother waiting in line because um, he doesn't believe in waiting in lines. But I do love Gus's, uh, uh, you know, what he says. Everyone waits in lines. That's all we do is wait in lines, which, you know, is kind of what life is. I mean, yeah, you're waiting in line for promotion. You know, it's, mm. it, it, it transcends to other things besides physically waiting in a line. Yes. That's just and at, while they're at the courthouse, Sean notices a nice lady pick up a piece of trash and make eye contact with him. Um, and, uh, we make a note of that. They go back to their office. Uh, Sean mentions that he was using ambassador plates for the Paraguay. Um, apparently he was like, at, he did sandcastles there, um, which doesn't make a lot of sense because Paraguay is landlocked. Um, I don't know if that was on purpose, but. <laughs> is it? No, it's it not. Is. It is the only landlocked country. It's Bolivia and Paraguay are the two landlocked countries in South America. They're well, only, maybe they're there's like a lake there. The uh, Lake Titicaca is on Bolivia. It wouldn't be. I mean, all right, man. There's got to be a fucking lake in Paraguay. Come on. Sure. Fair, 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 fair. Now, do you know what the two double landlocked countries in the world are? Two countries that are not only landlocked, but all the countries that border them are landlocked. Um, I'm gonna guess. It's definitely not Mongolia. I'm guessing it's in Africa, most likely. Nope, neither is in Africa. Wow, really? Um. Mm-hmm. Estonia? No, no, that's not either. I just no, don't Estonia is literally on the water. A uh, Liechtenstein and Uzbekistan. A little fun fact for you. A little, oh, okay, little party trick you can pull out. I mean, it's an, I just think it's an interesting fact. Uh, you know, because you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that'd be possible. That. Yeah. No, I, anyway. I assumed, I assumed that there was a lot more countries like surrounding other countries in Africa. But, but if you think about, you think about how many countries, because think about Mongolia. Is Mongolia is really far away from the sea, but it abuts against China and Russia, which are both so gigantic they touch. Like that's the thing. They yeah, have these yeah, small yeah. countries that they touch because that's most true. big countries eventually will touch an ocean. 
Um, that's Geography Corner with Jay Christie. Um, a corner that is one of my favorite corners, but I don't get to go there often enough. Um, then we see on the TV Sandra Panich, who's called the School Mar Murderer. Uh, fun fact about me, because of the age I saw this, this was the first time I ever heard the term school marm, because that's just not a term that's really used in the modern United States of America. I don't um, even know what the fuck that means. It's like a, like a school teacher, I think, specifically for young kids. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, that, that was lost on me completely. Yeah. Uh, and so we learned that local weatherman Jackson Hale um, was murdered. Uh, and apparently there's a mountain of physical evidence. Now, is there anything notable about your local weatherman? Any fun stories? Um, no. Well, they mentioned one of them, which is Dallas Reigns. That's like a oh, legit okay. weatherman here in Los Angeles. So, yeah. I have two interesting bits. One is that one of the local weathermen in Fort Myers, Florida, uh, because obviously my hometown is not big enough to have its own news network, so we got some from Sarasota up north and some from Fort Myers down south, was named Robert Van Winkle, which is, of course, everyone knows this, the legal name of Vanilla Ice. Um, and then... In Sarasota, the local Sarasota News Network. Do you remember the viral video from like 2006 of the uh, weatherman having a over-the-top reaction to seeing a cockroach uh, on the ground? Uh, where, like, the the, yeah. the the joke of it was that he had like a very flamboyant reaction, and that was my local weatherman from the north. So, shouts to both no, of them. I don't remember that. Classic video, people. You might remember the line: "That thing was crawling on my leg." Was the famous line from it? Anyway. Um, now, I mostly remember that one dude who was like, he was like a black like reporter. Um, I think oh, he had like a yeah, this, I'm tired of this country ass neighborhood. I'm dying out here. That guy. With the Is it the one he has like mouth. a fly in his mouth? Yeah. Yeah, he has like the reporter voice and then he just fucking lets it go as soon as, yeah. All right. I mean, and of course, the greatest weatherman viral video of all time is pretty much everywhere. It's going to be hot. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, just look nope. it up after this. It is, I can't explain why it's funny. It's like 20 seconds. This is one of the funniest things ever. Anyway, um, and we see uh, Sean is watching, and he doesn't think she did it because she looked in his eyes, and the eyes of the winner to the soul, you know? Yeah, yeah. Not only that, but, like, apparently, you know, she had – she's on trial for her life, but she still takes some time to, you know, scoop up a piece of litter and throw it in the bin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. they, someone that does that clearly yeah. isn't capable of murder. Yes, that is that's it. That's just science, you know. Um, but I'm we then glad. see, we then see her lawyer, Adam Hornstock, who is played by what is that? The third inductee into the on Mike Monk and Psych yes, Hall of Fame, Michael Weston, who of and course it's not the dude in, from Burn Notice. No, it's not. Who has the same name, obviously? Uh, a Michael Weston, who played one of the like gr- the department store employees in uh, Mr. Monk and the Employee of the Month. Um, is now Adam Hornstock, H-Stock. This is a fan-favorite character, although he never comes back. Um, people love H-Stock. I, I did like him. I did like him. Yeah, he was good. And the thing that Sean noticed is that his handkerchief is uh, all sweaty, which I've used handkerchiefs. I've had handkerchiefs like, like a couple times in my life. Never actually used it for sweat because I kind of figured it would look the way that it does in this clip. Yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't notice it looking that dirty, but, um, yeah, I use a handkerchief a handful of times. Yeah. Anyway, Sean says we're going to be legal consultants. So they show up to the courthouse. They do a bit where he talks to some reporters. Um, and uh, they go into the courtroom. And we learn that Gus was pre-law. I mean, it was sixth grade, but it was an accelerated program. It was pre-pre-law. Um, right, right, right. And 
yeah, curious to see if this pays off in some way. Um, and, you know, he seems to know his shit. Um, and I guess what they're starting to... Um, Sean notices a woman in the jury, which mm-hmm. I guess, all right, yeah, this is the impetus for, like, him weaseling his way into Hornstock's life. But mm-hmm. basically this woman is, like, checking out... She's a very well-put-together woman. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. she's checking her makeup. She's doing all this stuff. And, you know, he mentions to Adam Hornstock that... Uh, she's not taking him seriously because he's, uh, he's dressed like a fool or he just does, he doesn't like, he doesn't have the demeanor of like getting taken seriously, let's just say. Yeah. And it, they, they deduce it's his tie, which it's not the worst tie in the world, but it definitely looks like a, I needed to borrow a tie from my dad tie, you know, like it doesn't look, it's not, and Gus has a nice crisp blue tie. I'm a fan of Gus's tie. Um, when I did mock trial, which listeners of the Monk Pod know that you just know it's going to come up a lot. Talking to fifth yeah. in the state, baby. We won the professionalism award. I got a perfect score in my closing against American Heritage, which won the year before. People know this. This is canon about Jay Christie. Um, in the most, in the final day when we would do like the finals or whatever our most important matchup was, I would always wear a purple tie because purple is the color of royalty. That was a conscious thing I did because I am a dweeb. Yeah. No. No notes. No notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway, also, I do love the thing where he's going through his different things, talking about the suit, and he says he describes the hair as the strokes of the hives. I mean, 2007. Um, oh, I didn't even notice that. Okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, and so we then he that's changes That's way past their time. Well, that's the hives. I mean, not the strokes. Yeah. Not the strokes. Although, no, no, but I feel, like, I feel like the hives had a little comeback with Tick, Tick, Boom in, like, 07. Wasn't that they later? The, they were in the Jonathan Larson musical uh good joke but yeah no but you remember the song that's the tick 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 boom boom no? oh my god i'm looking it up oh yeah I, I, yeah now i see it and it's 2007 yeah. so okay yeah no I, I just remember that I, it was a comeback because i know that they were really early 2000s but um yeah. you know they eventually they made a comeback and the strokes i think the strokes never i mean for me in my heart the strokes never went away i'm one of those sickos who still likes the strokes albums <laughs> um one of the worst bands i've seen live by the way oh i heard that, that i heard that julie casablancas cannot sing for the damn life but and he's an asshole, seen life. Yeah. oh yes i've also heard that i mean i could have told you that based on uh you know one time i had a nepo baby um anyway the uh the, the opening argument goes well, and Hornstock wants to hire them, but he doesn't have the authorization because his law firm doesn't believe in him. Yeah, um, and luckily, I, I have a feeling this will be a recurring trend, but uh, Sean agrees to do this pro bono. Perfect. Exactly, exactly. And so they um, end up seeing Lassie and Jules outside, and we learn that Lassie was the one who... Um, Lasso who caught, her. Who lasted, yes, he lassoed Sandra Panich. Um, there's a joke about the Michael Jackson hearing, which, you know, 2007. Um, I didn't get that one, but yeah. I didn't get that. I mean, I don't think there's much to get. I think it was just like describing him as someone in the, not matter. Um, but yeah. Lassie tells him not to screw it up, which is not really, uh, not that intimidating of a line. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it doesn't seem like Lassie doesn't really holds any sort of real animosity towards Sean anymore. So that's nice. Yeah. And specifically, and I think what, what we were supposed to realize later is that he doesn't actually want, he has his doubts about the case to begin with, you know? Yeah, because normally he would be like, you know, gloating or like saying yeah. some, some more aggressive shit. Uh, but, you know, he's very buttoned up about it. So, you know, it speaks volumes. Yeah. 
So they go to Hornstock's office, uh, and they're in uh, Carter Jarecki's office, who's a partner. Um, and uh, he, we learn that the reason Hornstock's doing it is because he believes the woman's innocent. Um, but they have plenty of time in this office because I do No, that's not the reason why. What? That shit was dumped off on him because uh, Jarecki thought that the case was a real stinker. Right. Sorry. But he also does mention that he believes he's, she's innocent. Yes. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. We're, we're, right. you're misrepresenting the facts. That's true. I am, I am misrepresenting the facts. Uh, I'm, you should impeach me on the witness stand. Um, but we learned that Jarecki, in addition to dumping the case, just left for a nooner with his mistress, which is just a great turn of phrase, and I want to say it. Yeah, same. I, I figured you would, so, you know, I didn't even write it down. Yeah. Um, so... We learned that despite the fact that the law firm is Hornstock, Hornstock, Biederman, and Hornstock, Adam Hornstock is none of those Hornstocks, <laughs> which is a funny yeah. joke in my opinion. Correct. Um, and you know what? I, I applaud the writing team for not taking the easy way um, with, you know, referring to – I think he gets called H-Stock later, but it would have been so much easier to just call him Horny, right? Oh, for like, sure. Kind of, yeah. That's I mean, I, but, like, it's also, you know, like, they're trying to make him – they're trying to build his confidence up. They don't want to give him a playground nickname, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah. They, yeah, exactly. He needs confidence. And so, like you mentioned, he is none of those horn stocks. Those, the, that goes to his grandfather, his father, father. and his brother. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then, then like, what about Biederman? Uh, it's his sister. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very mm-hmm. disrespected. So it's mm-hmm. clear that Adam needs to prove himself, and maybe he'll get mm-hmm. the chance. Yep. And so... He initially gives Sean and Gus a bunch of documents, but Sean's like, no, I need to see, feel, and smell people. Um, and so they go to the newsroom, and of course, Jeff Daniels and Emily Mortimer, no. Um, they go to the newsroom. See, you know all my jokes. Sorkin, Sorkin. It's Sorkin. It's Sorkin. Yeah. Anytime I'm make, about to make a joke where I say, say a certain turn of phrase, I can see it in your eyes. You're like, Jake is just because I sound really stupid. Anyway, um, and this is where we meet Priscilla. Who? So what was your point? You This is where you deduced that she was the killer? Yeah, because I mean, I know this chick. Um, I actually even knew her by name, Keegan Connor Tracy. I want to say. His name. I honestly was not familiar with her. What are you familiar with for, with her from? Uh, I she definitely died in Final Destination two. Um, I've 100%. only seen three. Uh, that's the one with Emily Winslet. I saw it way back. I saw it when I was like thirteen, and so I don't remember. This was before I was a uh, Rain Man for actors. Um, I see. Okay. Well, yeah. I got one on you. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, so she was in that, and then she was in Bates Motel, um, mm. and just like random like uh, TV shows over the years. Yes. So she's Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh, she's Priscilla, and she shows them around the newsroom, and they seem completely baffled by green screens, which I feel like were definitely technology everyone knows by 2007. Yeah. Yeah. That's a given. Um, and so they want like a little demo and, you know, they both want to be in front of the green screen, but Sean finagles his way into being the guy on the green screen for a second. And, mm. you know, cause Gus wants to be the anchor man, you know, yes. he wants to be the top dog. And I will say anytime I'm testing out a mic, my instinct is just because I feel like this was, I feel like there was a commercials for psych that featured prominently Gus going, blah, blah, gah, 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 gah. so that's okay. what I kind of, that's what my, one of my go-to things is to want to do that. But obviously I don't, cause I, why am I making that noise? But Sean is teasing him from the control room. Um, and, uh, cause Gus is trying to make a thing, a new story about a pharmaceutical salesman solving police cases. Um, yeah. Not far from the truth. Um, and then they, you know, they go to Jackson 
Hale's. I, I keep wanting to read Jackson Hole's. Of course. Um, yeah, they go to Jackson Hale's office now, and this guy, this you know, kind of bookish nerd-looking dude, mm-hmm. is uh, rifling through some stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, let's just say he doesn't have a face for show business. No, Sorry uh, his, name, his name is Ruben, and um, yeah, you just he just is. I don't like his face. I don't know what to say about. It. I mean, I just didn't. I think that that's the point. I don't want to cast aspersions upon the actor. I think they did it well. Yeah. He just he just styled like a guy. There's just, he just had that very specific type of facial hair where it's just like, you collect swords, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so apparently he's a lab meteorologist who's been working with Jackson over the last six years. And he's mm-hmm. claiming that he's in there to pack stuff to send mm-hmm. to his family. Um, but uh, Sean notices that there's like broken pieces of like mm-hmm. awards. So clearly yeah. this guy that didn't actually like Jackson. He yeah. fucking hates him. So yeah, interesting. It- and we see that Jackson, we see some clips of Jackson on the news. And it's very clear he is an entertainer. He's like, you know, this. he's having fun bits, you know, which like. Honestly, honestly, I'm not convinced that any weatherman on TV actually knows what the fuck they're talking about. And for them, I mean, I'll say this. I, in the state of Florida, I think is different because so much of the job is about hurricanes and stuff. Like, yeah. Like, um, what's his name? Jim. Uh, Jim Farrell was the wink news guy for Fort Myers, who I think I honestly he retired like a lot. I think two years ago, I would say that for uh, Charlotte Lee and Kyler County, where that news news station served, Jim Farrell was probably the person with the highest trust rating uh, of anyone. Just because, like you know, what I mean, just, it's just very different when it's is it going to rain today versus like in hurricane country, you like you will literally rely on these people to tell you whether or not you need to evacuate. You know what I mean? That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I I think that it is a I mean, having lived in different places, I think it's just a very different job when your job is to like, you know, track actual weather events, you know? Um, yeah. And so uh Sean and Gus talk a little bit about that and um you know they uh they think he might be a suspect. But then we get Sandra's side of the story and we learn that, you know, she just moved from Wisconsin where um, you know, she had a mansion. No. Um Nice. Oh shit, it's raining again. Is that okay, so did, did Jackson Hale predict that? He couldn't have, he's fucking dead. Uh yeah, so yeah, they're talking to Sandra and like you said, she just moved in from Wisconsin and she, according to what she's saying, she had never met him until that night. So mm-hmm. you know. But come on, let's talk about the dirty deets. The dirty deets. Why did he have scratches on his back? Oh yeah, they had like a rough a fucking night of some <laughs> rough sex. <laughs> Which I mean, is wild. I mean, it's crazy like to think like, you know, maybe you can like, you know, uh, dip your toes in the water, do a little something, something, get freaky. But like on the first day to just get all the way into that, that's pretty bold. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so that's something only she... a na- that's something only a man named Jackson Hale could get away with. Exactly. And so she's claimed that she woke up dazed and then ran to the parking lot, didn't know what happened. You know, um, and Gus very clearly doesn't believe her. Understandably so. It's a pretty tenuous story. Um, but uh, Sean is trying to boost H stocks, uh, you know, confidence. And so Gus mentions though, that they need to investigating because there was a case he saw that the piece of evidence was the half melted candlesticks. Where are my candlesticks, Sean? And then Sean says, uh, I don't know. What is it? He says, Oh, you jumped over them. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, and right then and there, they notice 
judge, the judge on the case, walking mm-hmm. over like yep, Robert holding, Duvall. Yes, holding his uh, or you know shitting his diaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, that's a thing that happens in that movie. I he actually shits. It. He actually he shits in the shower. Actually, I haven't seen it either. But my mom watched it, and she was like, "He poops on himself in the sh-, you know." Um, and he was nominated for an Oscar for that. Uh, and next time the Oscars do something, and you want to get actually mad about it, remember that they're a dumb body, and uh, you should never actually care. Anyway, continue. Yeah, so <laughs> he's not shitting himself. He's actually touching his back area, and mm-hmm. so J- Sean thinks that maybe he like has like a back problem, so that's why he's so crabby. But Gus, you know, being the, mm-hmm. the detective that he is, mm-hmm. says that he probably has kidney stones because he's holding, he's touching his kidneys. Now, have you ever had a kidney stone? No, God, no. I the thing is, I just know. Intellectually, Do people this young? Do people this young have? You can, stones? you can, yeah, you can get it. The, I. Oh, that's I'll say this. I'll say this. I if I don't make some life changes at some point in the next five, ten years, I'm definitely gonna have a kidney stone. I just know. Yeah, I just consume sure. too many foods and drinks that are really high on the kidney stone. Um, the but anyway, um, I need to look that up. I mean, the thing is, it's it's one of those things where it's so much more about your genetic makeup than anything else. Where like consuming certain foods and drinks will be make it more likely. But there are some people who could drink as much sugary soda and what have you as they want and never get a kidney stone. Like, you know, I mean, it's like heart disease where some people can eat unhealthy stuff and never get heart disease. You know, is that um, like a soda so. thing? Soda is a sugar and, and yeah, is a very big thing. With oh, okay, thank God. I don't really yeah. drink that much soda. So. I know that okay. that's specifically what I was referring to. Um, okay. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's definitely my number one vice, which is bad because there are other vices that you might think would be. Anyway, um, so Priscilla is being questioned, and this is I this is I said law law shows are so bad, and because this is the thing I feel like even normal people know. Priscilla is their witness, right? This is the direct examination. In a direct yes. examination, you don't ask leading questions. This is against. This is the. It's this is the most obvious thing that these shows get wrong. Like it's very clear. If it is your witness, you have to ask them open-ended questions. If it's not your witness, you ask them leading questions. And I've never. Oh no, if I've ever seen it right, they always ask leading questions all the time. So what's a leading question? I mean, I know um, what it is, but just remind me what it is. Uh, uh, Andre, you're wearing a red Dodgers hat. Is that correct? It's burgundy. Sorry. And whereas an open end question would be, Andre, what are you wearing on your head? That's the that's Oh, just the, I see. Oh, I see. Yeah. So it's like you're stating the fact and you're just asking for them to confirm it. Exactly. And you truly that is a one of the biggest uh, most obvious objections. Like in mock trials, obviously mock trials is not real trial, but it's real enough where one of the first ones you learn is if you see or hear someone do a leading question, it is an open and shut objection. There's no argument. You just don't do it. I'm direct. Um gotcha. anyway. Oh, that's where you get like leading the witness. Exactly. Um, and so, uh, they ask about whether Jackson Hale sleeps with a lot of women. There's a hearsay objection. I think that this one probably would be, I think the overruling is correct because I'm obviously not an expert or anything, but one, because the person's dead, there tends to be more leeway if someone literally can't testify themselves. And also it would be, um, the experience of her fielding calls and stuff is not literal hearsay. Because hearsay really only applies if the specific fact of what is said matters. Whereas if she's just getting a lot of calls from women and they all go back to his office, she's allowed to testify to him sleeping with them. Even you know, what I mean, 
I, yeah, I hope you can't, you can't you can't say like oh you overheard like him talking to a girl or something. But you or can't can you say, say no. You specifically can't say I overheard him say to a girl we're gonna have sex right now. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Yeah. He can say you can say I overheard them giggling and making noises in like it's whether the truth of the matter is at hand. Once again, I, this could be, but that's like the general rule about hearsay sections. Uh, in that is that if it's if it's not to the truth of the matter. Um, anyway, uh, I'll let my book you know. Yeah, Thank you. Exactly. So um, we learn then, because uh, Sean is trying to inspire conference at HDOC, that HDOC th- implies that Sean has a more sturdy background, so a foundation. Uh, because his dad is in the courtroom. Oh, right. Okay, yes. But that's not what ends up happening. What do you mean? He has, he asked... Oh, right. I completely skipped the question. Sorry to go. Yeah, he asked uh, someone to vouch for him, and that person ends up being Lassiter, right? Nope, that's not. That's that's the next scene. That's that's right. Oh, that's shit. after we learn that Henry's there. Um, and so, okay. yes. They, oh, yeah. He calls her a recess. Yeah, he calls her a recess, and they ask to approach the bench. Um, and I'll say this. Uh, Sean is not wearing a tie, which you're not if you're a man in court. It might have changed because of the pandemic, but you you have to wear a tie in front of court. Um, I just, mm-hmm. I, it, it, um, and so well, it's better than having uh, to wear those powdered wigs in England. Oh my God. It's just so nuts that they do that. And they lecture us by anything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Barristers. we have our problems, but we don't exactly. Or like the thing too is you ever see like a British person trying to make a point about there's cause there's the whole discourse this week on Twitter, which ugh, about British people not knowing that they should tip when they're in America and they're uh, trying to make a smart point. And someone was like, I don't want, if I just had a bunch of drinks, I don't want to have to do complex maths at the table. And it's like, you lost when you said maths, baby. You sound like an idiot. I know that yeah, that's how you say yeah, it. You sound like a dumb. You sound dumb. I'm sorry. You just sound dumb. <laughs> I, was gonna, I know that that sounds right to you, but you sound dumb when you say that. Anyway. Um, so I, in order to I'm vouch for you. himself, Sean asked the judge to call out Lassiter. And yeah, so he does. And, you know, he starts questioning, like, you know, does, have you worked with this man? Yes. Um, has he been helpful? Yes. So, you know, case closed mm-hmm. on that. You know, yeah. so he's a legitimate person to be on the legal team. Exactly. In some way. And so uh, the judge doesn't really believe in psychic mumbo jumbo, but then Sean pulls in his back pocket, you know, the passing kidney stone could be stressful. Um, and he recommends mineral water and raw greens. Um asparagus tips because that way you can tell if when you make water you can tell it's working which you know fun stuff i mean i i love that and i'm going to use that going forward i need to go make water yeah mm-hmm. it's definitely going to be in I, my rotation i will say that definitely it's a phrase i've heard since but it is this was also the first time i ever heard that phrase i've um, never heard that once so this is so what we're experiencing now is that two different times there's a phrase i first heard at the age of like 11 where you are hearing for the first time in your mid-30s in this episode which is fine i think it's funny that yeah no i've heard like way more grotesque versions of this yo what the fuck oh sorry uh in case you guys are wondering because i'm not gonna cut this out uh andre's cat meowie just uh climbed on the table great stuff yeah she's a beautiful girl oh she's um, a beautiful girl she's a good girl yeah um, um, so anyway, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, that seems to do the trick. Yeah, like you said. So yeah. then we we cut to uh, in a room in the courthouse somewhere. Or I don't know where mm-hmm. the fuck it is, but and like there's a million. I mean, having spent time yeah. in the courthouse. See, I gotta keep pulling rank here, but there's a lot of different like side. Because also think too is a lot of times the DA's office is in the courthouse too, so there's a bunch of different offices. Right. So Henry meets Sean there, and uh, apparently he received a call earlier about a Spencer practicing law now. Um, mm. And so you know, obviously. Uh, Henry's always got to pour a little mm. bit of cold water on Sean every once yeah. in a while. Um, and I'm guessing that's like the only purpose of this is to kind of scold him. Yeah. And, him. and the thing too is he says like, it's you, it's my name that you're using. And like, I guess the thing is, I feel like sure. Spencer, Spencer is too common a name to have that concern about. You know what I mean? Like if your name yeah. is like Minkavich, you know, then yes, I'm going to assume that you're related to Doug Minkavich. Um, yes. Or, or, but like, even with you, like, I haven't said to you, like, hey, how's your uh, cousin? You know, did she feel good about how Scream 6 did in theaters? You know, like, I didn't say that to you. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, yeah. I constantly refer to her as being my cousin, actually. It's kind of funny. It's like how uh, my cousin, my actual cousin Robert, started doing a, told us about a bit that he does that I now do. Whenever anyone brings up Agatha Christie, I say, great Aunt Aggie. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I mean, at least you're getting that and not like, I think I've said it once to you before, like, how's your uncle Chris doing? I oh, think I've said I get that, that more. I get that way more. And so, um, we cut back to the courthouse and, um, we see that Ruben was on the stand, I believe. Um, and yep. he was the one who ident- who was the, who identified Sandra. Yeah. He's on the stand. Um, he identified her as being the person running out of the studio to the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't look good, you know, um, mm-hmm. that's pretty, uh, they have like yeah. a, a witness for that. And, mm-hmm. and then like we cut to like a little clip of like Phelps, who is the DA asking mm-hmm. if something has been authenticated. So we're trying to figure yeah. out what the fuck is this. Mm-hmm. And then like, so basically H dog is about to just, you know, be done with the witness. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's letting the defense, the defense rest. rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sean tells him, no. That you shouldn't do that, and which doesn't make any to, sense. But I just want to say that doesn't make doesn't make any sense for the defense to rest because the prosecution would have called that witness because that's the witness that identified her, right? But the prosecution go, does their whole case first. It's not like they go back and forth. So the, yeah, the prosecution would not be calling a witness at this point. I, I just because it's crazy how it's it's like medical shows might make up stuff, but at least like doctors actually saw into people. Law, law just has no, it has almost no resemblance to what a court proceeding actually is. Anyway, they cross-examine him, and this will really bring up the hatred and the jealousy for Jackson Hale. Um, and, uh, yeah, plant a seed about it. Yeah, so H-Doc takes the, the funniest possible way to, like, kind of, like, get him riled up, which he mentions that Ruben Leonard is not the name of a meteorologist on the news. Nope. Um, you know, he, re- he makes references to other people and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Sean slips him some other names to insult him further. Um, and you know, he just mentions that he wanted to be a weatherman, but obviously he didn't have the appropriate name. Why didn't he mm-hmm. change his name to bolt lightning or something? Mm-hmm. And that's when Ruben starts talking about his, you know, he starts going through his CV, talking about where he graduated, about how he actually knows what the fuck he's talking about. And he mm-hmm. proceeds to start trashing the name of mm-hmm. Jackson Hale. Mm-hmm. And um, he's going really, he's getting really fucking unhinged. And, you know, he basically has the Samuel L. Jackson scene from mm-hmm. A Time to Kill. Yes, he deserved to die. And I hope he burns in hell. Yeah. And I'll say this because he says he should have been stabbed long ago. I will say this not a lawyer, not an expert, 
But I would say that if this is the witness that identified the woman as being bloody and running, is a very important witness, right? And then he testified that he resented and wanted the victim dead. I would say that that might be a reasonable doubt. Like, that actually should be the end of the case. Like, <laughs> this is a, he's a really important witness admitting that he's the key. To, like, he's part of the prosecution's case, and he's admitting that he wanted the person to die. Right. And not only that, but the fact that I don't think they... I wouldn't assume that they would have discussed how he was murdered or what, how, you know... It was with a letter happened. opener. They mentioned it was yeah. a, with a letter opener that was right there. Yeah, but they mentioned it to who? Uh, what do you mean? In the court, or do they... Is this public I think it's, knowledge? it's mentioned somewhere. Uh, I mean, yeah, it is public knowledge because it's a okay. big public case. But I think the, the bigger thing is that, like, the thing people always forget, because in any of these TV shows, whenever there's, like, a defense attorney case, it always ends with them finding the person who actually did it, Right. But that's actually right. not at all what the defense attorney needs to do. They just need to prove that there's reasonable doubt that they didn't, right. you know. Um, anyway, uh, so we um, we cut back to uh, the front of the uh, courthouse. Oh, right. Oh, we cut to the front of the courthouse, and they run back into Lassie and Juliet. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Lassie doesn't have much time for it. He, he kind of just moves up. Uh, you know, he goes up into mm-hmm. into the courthouse. And that's when Juliet mentions that, you know, if he were such a good psychic, he would have noticed something that was happening right in front mm-hmm. of his face. And it has to do mm-hmm. with Carlton Lassiter. And Sean makes a crack about the fact that he waxes his back, which definitely mm-hmm. seems like the type to do that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that's kind of where it leaves off. But, like, on the way up the stairs, Jules drops um, all the paperwork she has in her hands. Mm-hmm. And Sean gets a quick glance at it and gets mm-hmm. something that's going to be the next thing we're looking at. Yes, he he figures out what the beginning of one of the papers said, and it was a memo to D.A. Phelps um, from the 7th of August, I believe. And Gus said, Yes, from Lassiter. And Gus says that there are no memos from the 7th in evidence. Now, I will say another big thing that is, I don't know if it actually would cause a mistrial in this case, but it is, I I think most people don't know is that, and this is one of the biggest problems with TV shows and what have you is that if you have any piece of evidence one side you need to share it with the other one and you also never never in a million years would you announce that you have a new piece of evidence in court like that's just not how that works you need to share it with the other side they need to yeah Um, but anyway um, Lasseter's on the stand and um, and they're not going to cross examine him but then Sean tells Hornstock uh, to uh, oh wait sorry he asks um, no, he asked, yeah, he asked Hornstock to ask about a memo on the 7th. And so he does. And apparently the DA hasn't been the most, uh, I don't want to say forthcoming because, well, he definitely hasn't been forthcoming, but he's kind of had some weird shit going on. Um, mm-hmm. there's other things that he's trying to do. Yeah. I guess he's trying to, to present evidence that yeah, hasn't he's been trying to authenticate. Yeah. He's trying to authenticate yeah. something. Yeah. Um, but we learned that the letter specifically, for the record, is that Lasser questioned the motive of the defendant because they just met. Why would he? She, you know what I mean? Like, there's just no reason. Um, and I would say that that's a pretty big no-no. And I think that the attorney would almost certainly get sanctioned um, because it's not like it was just a random piece of evidence. It was a piece of evidence that was from the lead police officer who questioned the case. Um, but anyway, we also right. see at the moment that the judge is eating asparagus, just housing it. Um, yep. but this is all interrupted by the new evidence, which is, and this is one of the dumbest things. And this is one thing I can't hate to keep harping on these things, but you can't not notice them when you think about them. 
the DA says in a sidebar, we have a videotape of Sandra murdering Jackson Hale. What's the point of a sidebar if you're going to talk to the whole courtroom? You're not supposed to do that. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, if it's, it's, it's the big thing with all these things is that if you are questioning a witness, unless you're specifically asked to to give them something, you never leave the podium. You never walk around the courtroom and just talk to them. That's not how it works. Anyway, that's, that's one that you have to almost like just ignore because nothing gets it right. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's apparently now video evidence of the murder happening. So we're going straight to the judge's mm-hmm. chambers. And mm-hmm. um, this is when Phelps just he wants these fucking psychic dudes out. He doesn't want them to be involved in the case anymore. Um, what the fuck are their credentials? Like, why are they involved? Mm-hmm. But that's not for him to decide. And the judge kind of agrees. Um, yeah, the judge agrees to like keep them, you know, on the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the video seems to be the smoking gun, but they need some time to review mm-hmm. and Phelps offers murder to on the table mm-hmm. until tomorrow morning. Yeah. So looks like mm-hmm. they need to bone up on the video footage. Exactly. So after watching the video, they tell Sandra that she needs to take the deal. Completely understandable. Uh, it seems pretty open and shut. Um, and so... It did it to me, honestly. I mean, it. I guess you're right. I, I, I mean, obviously it's framed in such a way that it's not open and shut, but I can understand why in this situation, when they don't have, yeah. you know... Um, but anyway, we then cut to Sean at Henry's place, and he's really... he's It's weighing on him a lot. He's pacing. He doesn't know what to do. Yeah, and... Um... He mentions that he doesn't want a loss on his record, which is funny because Henry points out he's not a real lawyer and mm-hmm. surely he should know that. Um, and that's when they start going over, like, if she only knew him for a couple of hours, like, why would she want to kill him? How, like, wh- what would be the what, reason for it? What's the crime of passion? Right. And so Henry tells him that he's not looking close enough, um, which is kind of where that ends. And then the next part begins, which he mentioned something about how he knows that Sean parks his bike 14 feet from a fire hydrant. Fire hydrant, yeah. And that's when Sean's like, wait, how do you know about that? And so mm-hmm. we find out that basically Henry narked him out. And mm-hmm. it's not because he hates Sean, but it's because ever since the accident, obviously he worries about him and he doesn't want him to get hurt, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a yes. nice sentiment. But he's also, he doesn't know how to express that, so he has to, you know do things like that um and so yeah they leave acrimonially but sean is then we cut to the next morning sean has some chinese food in front of him he clearly overslept watching the tape and they're late for court um but he sees something in the tape right before they leave and when they get to the courtroom they get there after everyone has watched the tape it looks like it's about the end of the trial um and right before then uh sean tells uh hornstock to call priscilla osterman again yeah, they need to know if she is certain that she did. She never slept with Jackson Hale. Now, um, can I, I can I just point out something very important? Anytime this happens, anything too. Witnesses are only required to be in court the day that they are told they're going to be there. Why? Why are they? You can't just be like Priscilla Osterman. Are you here? Are you here? Like you're not. They're not in court every day. The trial's going on. Yeah, that's what I thought. They're not the yeah. jury. No, uh, but anyway, yeah. So as you were saying, so. Um, yeah, they need to find out if she never slept with him or if she did. And Sean starts to, like, kind of take the reins and starts to ask questions. And Phelps has, mm-hmm. you know, an issue with it. And mm-hmm. Gus saves the day with his pre-pre-law uh, mm-hmm. education, which is California Code 775. Who I don't know if this is real, but it's about the idea it. that the, the, law, the judge can decide who is allowed to speak in the courtroom 
if it's for the ascertainment of the truth. I suspect it probably is like on the books in some way, given the fact that, you know, they've been practicing law in California since like the 1840s. But it's probably one of those things that there's another addendum and like the ABA, you know, like it just, I just don't think that there's, a, a, but anyway, um, then Sean yeah. starts, he's leading the witness again. Now, at this point, he could ask to treat the witness. You know, in like movies and TV shows where they say, can we treat the witness as hostile? Yeah. That what in movies and TV, it they use it as if it means like, can we start acting like the witness is mad? But what it actually means is that you can start asking leading questions to a direct witness if you think that they're being deliberately uh, unresponsive. They, um, okay. So, but of course, she's not actually being argumentative, so they can't do that. But then Sean's not just having leading questions. He's straight up just saying the case. And then not, you know, like, it's so dumb. Like, it's just like, what are you doing? But anyway, what yeah. is he saying? He's saying that basically, yeah, he believes her that she never slept with him. But mm-hmm. not because she didn't want to, but because he never noticed her. And mm-hmm. this made her mad as hell, and she wasn't going to take it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and so she, um, you know, she walked right into that network. And she decided that she was going to, uh, she it was the last straw to see him with that school marm. Um, and, uh, she took the letter opener and stabbed her, stabbed him in the heart. But I do like that, um, that as, do, as Sean's doing it, he's like, and not because he loved you, but because he didn't. He passes the baton to Hornstock. I like that. It's really dramatic. Um, I think it's really yeah. well done. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's a really cathartic, I, as much as I dog on this because it's inaccurate, I think that I get why it's inaccurate because it's always so... Anytime a movie or TV show has someone confess on the stand, it's great. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and she does do that. But, I, sorry, we forgot to mention that. The key we piece did. of evidence is that you can see in the corner of the video, like by the clouds in the background, you can see the outline of somebody with a pair of glasses on, which mm-hmm. is is Priscilla. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so she did it. She yeah. admits to killing him, and yeah. yeah. And so uh, Hornstock asks um, for the um, for her, for Sandra to be released, which is I think he's allowed to do. But then he says, "Take the witness into custody." He's a private attorney. He's not. He's not a cop. He's just a dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and people think a prosecutor can't do that, but I can understand why a writer would think that. But he is a private citizen. What do you mean? can't just yeah. take her to custody anyway um but then we cut to the police station the police auction um and sean apparently he's been practicing his paddle raise have you ever yeah. been to an auction no yeah we don't we don't travel in those tax brackets no certainly not um and so yeah he's there to hopefully buy back his his motorcycle mm-hmm. um and now that carter jarecki is wife has hired them for their divorce case mm-hmm. i don't know what the fuck he's supposed to do for them but sure um, they're flush with cash. So I mean, some... in, in California, I don't believe is a no fault divorce state. So I think that you can, if, if there's infidelity, um, it can invalidate a prenup. It can like really increase the ch- infidelity in a lot of states is a huge thing if you can prove it. So in terms of reward and stuff in a divorce. So, well, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. But like all he noticed was that his wedding ring was on a fucking dish. Yeah, but that... he's going to do more investigating. He's not, well, they're not yeah. just hard. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, but yeah. So Henry's also there, though, at the auction. Yeah, he's there, and he's willing to pony up some dough to, uh, you know, to get his bike. Mm-hmm. And not only is he there to do that, but Adam is, 
he's there. He's partner now. So, you know, he's very grateful to Sean and Gus and he's willing to buy back the bike as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so they're ready to um, do that. And as they're about to go in, Buzz McNabb, the great Buzz McNabb, we haven't seen him in a bit. Um, He pulls the bike out and apparently it was an internal pull that someone just pulled it out for him. And then we see that it was another than Carlton Lasseter. Which I like because yeah, the thing I like, and I think that it's unclear in the beginning, but I think you can see that like Lasseter is not a villain, really. He butts heads with Sean, but I like that he is never presented as someone who is he, even though he can be annoying and a dick, he has actually a good person at his core. And I think that's not. I like shows where no one's bad in the whole ensemble. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just it's kind of a, it's annoying when shows will have like the one character who's always a bad person, and it's like conflict happens between good people all the time. We don't need to make up an evil person, you know? Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, <laughs> he, he did it, and he pulled his bike for him. Um, and yeah, that's how the episode ends. And what would you give this episode out of 10? <laughs> I gave it the usual, 7.5. I gave it an 8, but that might just be because I've seen it a lot. And because, uh, have you ever considered going by Bolt Lightning is very funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, cloudy with a chance of uh, murder. Um, great episode title. Um and yep. uh, it's funny because it's, it's like basically a pawn on a pawn. Because although you could say like Cloudy with a Chance of Rain is what they're doing, but they're really parodying Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs because the M. And that already is a pawn. So, you know, it's like three layers deep. Um, but uh, Andre, where can people follow you on Twitter? You could follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J. Christie. Please follow the show at First Psych on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, just keep, make sure you tell everyone about the show, um, especially if they, uh, you know, like shows that are partial recaps, part anecdotes about our own life experiences related to the minor details of the show. No one else is doing it like us. Some people are doing like really hard recaps. Some people are interviewing cast members. Very few people are trying to remember the episode that they just watched while occasionally being like, hey, you ever go skiing? Like that's, no one's doing it like us. (laughs) No, you're right. We do our own thing. We march to the beat of our own drum. Exactly. And keep and listen to us continue to march to that drum later this week as we talk about game, set, murder.